1: of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams, at Garrett720 on Twitter, and joining me are my two co-hosts, as always. First off, we got Kyle Henning, at KTHEN16. Kyle, how are
2: you doing today? Oh, doing well. Had a had a nice little start to the weekend, getting Sunday ready to go, calm down. Was hoping to get more camp today, and then it all went and rained rain, rain, and it went inside. <laughs> Yeah, it did. And
1: then uh, we also got my boy Tom Welty at Arrowhead. Tom, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing pretty well. A little, little tired, a little uh, you know, lazy Sunday, but I've got no complaints. Not that you would listen if I did.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, we're all ears here at the, uh, the Kingdom Says Podcast for all the complaints to hear, but uh, we got a big week to talk about. Uh, a lot of news happening in the NFL and Chiefs training camp. Uh, week two is fully underway and in swing uh so around the news couple things around the nfl a couple uh news pieces Xavier howard agreed to a new uh, deal with the dolphins i know we talked to Connor kristofferson last week about potential trading for him and it uh, looks like that's off the table um kind of unfortunate uh he was a uh, you know very unhappy with this deal and then all of a sudden i guess him and the dolphins kind of worked it out huh
3: yeah, it is that time of the year where a lot of players will start to leverage the rumor mill to rework deals, especially veterans. And so this isn't—I wouldn't call it a surprise—but I think that anybody who really, who really thought about it, or really, you know, it, I don't think it ever gained much traction. The idea of trading Xavier Howard and good organizations uh, tend to not let players of his caliber just you know get traded away. So. Uh, you know, m- works out for them. Everybody's happy. And the Chiefs still don't have any money invested at cornerback. Very true.
1: Uh, and another, another piece of news around the NFL, Darius Leonard signed a big uh, five-year, I think, $99 million extension Um, basically setting himself on top of the linebacker market for the Chiefs. That's not really significant. Um, It pushes Anthony Hitchens' number down to, I think he's ranked like 12th now in terms of highest paid linebackers. Um, But in the future, you know, we got Willie Gay, we got Nick Bolton coming up in a couple years. Uh, It might uh, might be some ramifications if those guys turn out to be anywhere close to Darius Leonard, which would be a huge plus. Yeah, that'd be
2: fantastic if we have to worry about paying either one of those guys Darius Leonard money, because that means they're playing like Darius Leonard, which makes me happy.
1: Exactly, exactly. So that's about all the news. Oh, right, Josh Allen, actually. That was another piece of news. I, just, I forgot. It. Uh, he signed a new extension, put him just below Mahomes in, in yearly earnings, right above DAC. Uh, so that's, you know, good for him. Now Lamar and, and Baker are on the table to to get new deals that will potentially be... More or less than that. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on those.
2: <clears throat> Every deal that is signed for a quarterback of that nature going forward is just going to make Mahomes' contract look better and better and better and better and better. Exactly.
1: Every
3: time. Yeah. I mean, especially as we um, continue forward and get the chance to see just how thought out that contract is for the long term. And we've talked before. Actually, I think Connor covered really well um, on on SI Chiefs and all their stuff that um you know the automatic conversions and, and just the way that contract is structured will should keep the Chiefs competitive for a really long time. Josh Allen is a really fun quarterback to watch and um you know maybe just in terms of physical talent may be the, the second guy behind Mahomes and some would probably argue otherwise you know maybe he's better at it but whatever. But um yeah I just I think that you know he's earned he's earned the contract but Man, Mahomes has been so much more consistent and has achieved so much more, in kind of the same amount of time. And so I think I think Allen was drafted a year later, but um, yeah, it's, it definitely makes the Mahomes contract look better and better.
1: Definitely, and uh, you know, it only the number will only go up, and and Mahomes' contract will kind of stay around. I believe someone put out the numbers. He's only going to be the highest paid quarterback in like it'll be like in two or three years, something like that, and then. But that's only, you know, according to the current deal. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But, yeah, uh, thankful for Brett Beach and, and the cap guys and, and the Chiefs front office that were uh, pulling the strings to make that deal done because it's a very good one. And, we're and all as, Tom,
2: as Tom said, if you want, like, an actual, actual breakdown of that contract and how that all works, I believe it's Connor's pinned tweet on his profile, at Connor underscore DKC. I'm almost positive that Mahomes' contract article is his pinned tweet still.
1: Yeah, so over at SI Chiefs, they have a great article about it. So go check that out if you're curious about Mahomes' contract and why it's so great. Um, but diving into Chiefs training camp here, uh, we had all of last week to uh, to see a bunch of practices, a lot of padded practices. They had a day off on Saturday yesterday, and then they had a, uh, a no pads day on Friday, I believe. So uh, one guy who's been really showing out, on the offensive line is rookie Trey Smith. He's been pretty much the hype of the entire training camp uh, for the Chiefs. A lot of media people are are, spec- are talking about him and and just raving about how good he is and how much of not a sixth rounder he is. Like it's kind of ridiculous that you know, we're just looking at, you know, he's getting first team reps already and starting. He's he's having a great start to camp and he's really outliving his uh, his draft pick status.
2: So With camp, there's always the interesting things to me, especially the overreaction side of things from all of us and the media and the fans and everybody like that. When you're watching these guys go against each other in camp, you do have to remember that a lot of this is ones against ones. So if one guy beats the other guy, that doesn't mean that the other guy sucks. That just means he was going against another one on your roster who you expect to be really good and beat dudes all the time. Right. So when you see these things take place, maybe we pump the brakes on the overreaction to Orlando Brown's a giant trash can because Chris Jones is strong as hell and built like an alien. Like, let's calm down with the craziness, guys. A lot of this stuff. Also, they're working on things. And yes, Trey Smith is eating people, which is a totally different thing when with rookies, you're not expected to see them come in and completely dominate guys. It's supposed to take time it's supposed to be an adjustment period it's supposed to take a minute for them to pick up things especially in an offense like this and it doesn't look like it's taking him any time at all to pick up anything other than however long it takes to pick up dan Sorensen and throw him across the field
3: yeah i don't know um you know it's always interesting with training camp because there is always you know those guys who are hyped up sometimes you know unrealistically we've Made jokes about you know guys like Bobby Scipio in the past and um, you know even Jody Fortune to an extent, but
2: it's been easy,
3: easy. Jody's Jody's on the train again this year. Let's yeah. slow down. Yeah, see, uh, it's been interesting with with Trey Smith because like from the moment he was drafted, I, I can't think of uh, a 6 round pick in recent missed like in recent history that so many people have been excited about. And then i think you also have to consider just like in the Chiefs' sphere like with jeff schwartz and jeff allen and and some of these other guys like really chiming in and going to bat for for trey smith as a player has been really encouraging to see and then you finally get in pads and so far he's checked all the boxes and again when and i'll be the first one to admit i mean you guys were there in the, the chat on draft day when the pick came across and i was kind of disappointed i'm a i was i think just like a lot of nfl teams like you worry about those that medical history but the Chiefs seem to really have that figured out. And so far it's not even been I don't know even know how much it's really even been discussed. I can't think of any issues or having anything pop up about it. But yeah, it's it's very encouraging. It's real also really encouraging that you know another guy that we just don't talk about at this point, which is kind of crazy because he's he's still a rookie too, was was the was Creed Humphrey. And it's just he's come in like from day one and taking that starting job, and that's who we thought he was, is he's gonna be that guy who comes in and plays. For 10 years plus at the center position and you don't worry about it you don't talk about it because he's just good and so i i want to point out the importance of the chiefs if if everything projects as it currently is the chiefs found two starters on the offensive line in in this draft who are who look to be playing at an above average possibly probable or more level with an offensive line that was really struggling but also those two rookie contracts are going to keep you know just the way that the team salary cap is structured. Now you have room to pay Orlando Brown instead of having to bring in another veteran or, or, you know, go signing somebody else. That that gives you the flexibility to pair him, you know, to pair those guys with some higher priced veterans. And so that's, if those two work out the way we expect them to, maybe if Lucas Yang also projects a little bit well, um, you know, I know he's kind of had up and down, but with some other injuries, he's got some more extra snaps and it sounds like he's coming along, progressing, but man, the, you know if again if it works out as as it has so far getting two starters on that offensive line out of one draft class would be a, would be a home run just on those two picks alone and there's some other guys that are exciting in that class so that's that's a great haul for the, the chiefs heading into the season
2: yeah with with the Lucas Niang thing guys that's what it's supposed to look like with a rookie it's supposed to take a couple practices it's supposed to take some time it's supposed to take a little bit of getting used to he's coming off not playing really, being injured, mm-hmm. and then not playing again last year with an opt out. He's supposed to have a little bit of that. And the fact that he does is okay. That's fine. The other thing that's okay is Mike Rimmers is sitting out in practice with the back thing. And that means Nian gets snaps. We're going to talk about, and well, we might as well do it now. We talk about Kelsey's back thing sitting out. Well, why was that? Why does that matter? Well, because that means Noah Gray, Jody Forts, and Nick Kaiser, Blake Bell, and all those guys. Take the reps that they wouldn't be normally taking, because I'll be real with you, everybody. Travis Kelsey does not need training camp reps to be able to be okay to make sure he can make plays in the regular season. Doesn't doesn't need them. Tyree Kill, his knee tendinitis just showed up out of nowhere. Like it, they'd never possibly come on now. It just popped up like a unicorn, just <laughs> out of nowhere. Just woo, hey, there it is, magic trick. Yeah. So it just feels like there's some camp days being given to veterans as they should be to get some of these young guys spots. So let's let's let some of this play out a little bit. And especially with the Niang thing. Yes, he's not Creed and he's not Trey. That's that's because those dudes aren't supposed to be able to do that. They just happen to. Especially in an Andy Reid offense where he does not give starting roles to rookies. You must take starting roles from veteran guys.
3: Yep. And that's what Creed and the, uh... Trey really have done. And again, Trey Smith, he's in that starting role because of, you know, an injury. But even then, you still have, you know, they have incumbents. Yeah. You, he's, he's beaten he's outplaying LDT and
2: Andrew Wiley, who Andrew both Wiley, played that spot yeah. last year. Or, well, LDT didn't last year. He did the year, he would have the year
3: prior. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's, I think, re- good reason to be excited about Trey Smith. I'm going to piggyback off something you said, you know, in terms of those veterans not needing reps. You also have to understand that as much as it is so, competitive especially once the pads are on a lot of those times those reps and the veterans know this like you're going through those reps for those younger players and so maybe you're not you know you don't want to if chris jones came out and played 100 every snap every down and just humiliated those rookies you know <laughs> uh it sounds like he's having a great camp still but sometimes you you have to understand what you know what the team is trying to accomplish and, and give certain looks and do certain things and so it's not always about just destroying the guy across from you. And sometimes you want to set things up so that they have an opportunity to learn, right? They have an opportunity to, to rehearse what's going to happen on the actual field. And it may not be, you know, at a, that full speed or at a hundred percent effort, every snap. And and that's okay because it's practice, but also as these younger guys are trying to, you know, learn things and figure it out. Um, it's more about simulating those looks versus just destroying the person across from you. You know, you can do it at, at half speed or three-quarter speed, and then save that energy for for the real pro, for the real thing, the real game. And of course, when you're being a little bit more, um, again, this is not say it's a walkthrough, but when you're being a little more, you know, uh, particular about how you spend your energy and how you spend your reps, you also, you know, limit the chances of injury and that kind of thing, or, or you know, anything going into you know any kind of fights or anything developing like that. And um, so, yeah, just keep that in mind that some of these reps are designed to you know, help the guy across from them, especially with these veterans who are showing up, you know, like, like Kyle said, Travis Kelsey doesn't need reps. Tyree Kill doesn't need reps. They could probably go on tomorrow and, and be okay, but they want to help give the defense. They want to help give the people across from them. Um, same thing, you know, Honey Badger doesn't need, need reps, although he probably wouldn't ever pass on any. Um, you know, these guys, they're out there to to benefit to the team and to help everybody get better. So keep that in mind as you're watching players develop and, and players play at, at camp. Yeah. I
2: would say that especially along the offensive line with them learning to, with five of them learning each other and trying to get used to things and especially with some of them doing things they've never done before. Um they're trying out different sets, they're trying out different mm-hmm. drops. Like they're they're doing different things, so you're going to see some stuff that's ugly. It's going to be work in progress. That's what training camp is for. So yeah,
1: exactly. So Uh, Moving over to the defensive line, I know we talked about it a little bit, but one guy I want to talk about a little bit, Tershawn Wharton, is having a really good camp so far, I think. He's been really impressive in some one-on-ones. And just the coaching staff has been raving about him. Everyone's been talking about him as just an athletic freak, and he's been showing it on on tape so far this camp. He is freaky fast. He's freaky athletic. And it seems like... uh, from what kind of what I've gathered from like the the coaches talk about him, that he might be a guy who plays you know a different role too, moving inside and out, doing things like that because he's got the athleticism. Um, but what are you guys thinking of Tershawn Warden so
2: far? So I'm glad you brought that last part up because I've been talking about this for almost a month now. I think since they mentioned the Jaron Reed, Derek, uh, Chris Jones, him playing D end. I don't think it's just going to be just one guy. And Spags basically confirmed as much. Garrett pointed it out. Spags basically said in his press conference that between Jones and Naughty and Dana and even Turk and Taco, and there's going to be guys that are asked to play different spots along this defensive line throughout different downs and in different scenarios. And you may have an end down inside and then out because they're going to do what I thought they were going to do, which is basically make that front and amoeba front. And they're going to move guys around and let mat- line up matchups and pick your poisons and do those kind of things. Cause they've got some versatility that I don't think they've had in years past. And Tershawn Wharton seems to have gone in his bag this off season and added some pass rush moves. If we're seeing what we're seeing from the videos, we can glean from at camp. He seems to have added some extra tricks to the bag to be able to make pass rush moves. So, That's a huge sign. And I think another steal as a UDFA girl, I I agree with you, Tershawn's going to be a piece that we're talking about on this team that two years ago, obviously no one knew his name. So.
3: Yeah. Turk Wharton is, has been a pleasant surprise. And I think that that's a big part of the team's comfortable, comfortable. Yeah. Their comfort level with moving Chris Jones outside. You have to have somebody who can, who can, you know, you have to have depth at defensive tackle to take away an all pro caliber player from the inside and move him outside. And so Turkey is a lot of that. He, he ex- exceeded expectations last year. Obviously they picked up John Reed. They've got, um, you know, Derek Minotti, who's been a steady run stuffer, but yeah, having that ability to mix and match and, and pick out matchups and, and rotate people through is going to be, I think, really important for the, the chiefs defensive line just and you guys know that that's one of my biggest concerns, and maybe I'm a little too harsh on them, but, uh, you know, I felt last year they, they really underperformed at certain games and they didn't generate as much push or pressure as they should have. So I'm really excited to see what this new front looks like, just in terms of their ability to be versatile, to be uh, more specific in their matchups, and, and to be flexible, like moving, moving guys around and, and having more of an attacking attitude versus, you know, being kind of stuck and pigeonholed into certain roles and certain positions for certain guys so I'm sure Steve Spagnuolo has some crazy you know designs drawn up and hopefully we'll get to see that full created creativity this season
1: Yeah, I'm excited for the D-line this season. I think with all the moving pieces that are there and all the improvements, especially there's a couple other guys who have, you know, been making some significant strides in their second year. Mike Dana is another guy who's been uh, really showing up in the camp so far. And, and, you know, he's, uh, you know, gained, or I think he's lost some weight. I think he's, uh, you know, Put on a little more, uh, little training, a little more uh, moves in his pass rush repertoire, similar to, uh, to similar to Turk. And uh, you know, I think there's a lot of guys who are just, you know, I think the Chiefs are banking on a lot of young talent this year. And I think on the at least on the defensive side, I think there's a lot of guys who are gonna really benefit this year if they show out.
2: Speaking of young defensive talent on the back end that uh, that you're talking about showing out is a guy that he's become a storyline at camp. Is a UDFA, it's Devin Key, and they love Devin Key. Um, Spags complimented Veach's staff about finding the kid. Um, another kind of those diamond in the rough type scenarios. They really like him from everything we're hearing, and he's running with the ones and in instances. And he's spat. He's sitting in Spags's hip pocket and getting extra work with him, and shadowing and taking the mental reps while Matthew and them are out on the field taking them. so. That That's a guy to keep an eye on. If you're looking for a UDFA this year that's going to make a team, I think he's already on the roster. I think he's already made the team. That means there's going to be a safety that we've seen before at the bottom of this roster that doesn't.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details
1: yeah exactly he's been really showing out he's been running with the first team a little bit in in some of their different looks um, like he's been on a, special teams, too, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's been a big guy on special teams, too, which is going to be obviously huge for him, undrafted free agent coming out of Western Kentucky. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, like you mentioned, there's a couple – You know, the safety depth is kind of deeper than uh, than we've had in years past, but there's going to be an odd man out there probably. Um, between him, uh, Devon, Devon Key, that is, uh, Will Parks and Armani Watts, I think are all guys uh, kind of competing for those backup safety roles that – because typically when we carry four safeties, usually you might get a fifth uh, if you kind of use them as a, uh, a a hybrid defensive back, if you will. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Devon Key can beat out those those guys. I know there's been a lot of talk about Will Parks this camp so far, and he's been, you know, getting some glowing reviews. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, all the different roles that Spags decides to dial them up for and what, you know, what he kind of deems each guy's use is. Because Devon Key is getting a... Uh, uh, specific use it seems like and you know spags is really
2: liking it and you guys gotta and everybody needs to bear in mind dave tobe has the say on about the last eight roster spots basically
3: mm-hmm. yeah so i think especially early on it's always hard to say oh this guy because i mean how many times in the years past have we especially early in camp and like oh yeah this guy you know is looking really good probably gonna make the roster but the key seems a little bit just dis- different because he is getting a lot of talk from the coaching staff Kyle i think you pointed out as we we're talking before the show that he was even made available for one of the media days. So he's, he's standing out. Um, you know, I think from what I've read, I I need to, I should go back and see if I can find some of his Western Kentucky tape. Um, you know, it sounds like he is a guy who's high, high effort, really smart football instincts. Um, I didn't realize he was, he's listed at six foot one. He's got some size to him too, but sounds like he's a, a physical player and but also as the guys just pointed out really smart really dedicated to you know just absorbing everything the coaches are putting out to him which when you're an undrafted free agent that's what you got to be and that's what you got to do so um i think it'd be awesome if there's a guy who, you know again one of those undrafted players who steps up and they can fill in some depth there that would be a really great story and a really great thing for for Kansas City i think the other part the other question about that's you know he's um You know, one of the other storylines that we didn't necessarily discuss was what Juan Thornhill is going through and his availability. I know he, um, I think he had a minor tweak or something the other day. But, um, you know, with an undrafted rookie coming in and losing snaps to Dan Sorensen, I think that's something to watch moving forward is just where exactly we're at with Juan Thornhill. Is he, um, man, his rookie year was so good. And then he had that ACL tear and just last year was such a roller coaster for him. We really hope that he gets back to where he is. But it is kind of nice to know that maybe there's some depth there. Maybe there's some more uh, freedom, especially with, you know, you have um, Matthew who can play anywhere and everywhere. But, you know, that just having more pieces to mix and match with him is a valuable asset for the defense, which sounds like the defense overall has had a pretty good start to camp.
2: Yeah, definitely. Now, Matthew playing anywhere and everywhere is is great, and it's really only functionable, though, when you have other guys that can play all those different spots, and, and he's allowed to move around and do what he needs to do. So that's the key, I think, is finding, no pun intended, but finding the key is, is, the, is the people that you can plug in on those roles that you can move around and do different things with. And Will Parks is a guy that's been talked about a lot as being a versatile type player that fits multiple roles. And Devin Key is also the name that they've been mentioning a lot, doing a lot of those different things, other than obviously at the cornerback spot where you have Snead moving all over the field, inside, outside, slot, back, forth, whatever. So that back end is interesting. I will say typically in camp, the defense is usually ahead of the offense. That's usually Mm -hmm. how it works. Also, um, if you want to hear about what you're supposed to look at when you're watching O-line play in training camp, Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito do their little one on one podcast with KC Sports Network. They talked about it a ton on the last episode. It's probably something if you really want to learn about line play, you should go listen to because they like, did it on both sides of the ball yeah. for like 10 years apiece. Those are good resources to have.
1: Those guys know what they're talking about, and they really break it down, especially just very specifically to the Chiefs. So you really know what's, uh, know what you're getting at the in the O-line room. But uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about, and you know, Kyle kind of mentioned this earlier, but Dave Tobe, you know, he has the final say over the like the bottom, you know, eight seven, eight roster spots, basically. Guys that are going to be on special teams units and, and guys who are going to be returning kicks. He did come out and, and kind of name some uh, some kick returners and punt returners. He said that Byron Pringle, I believe, at least for, for this upcoming preseason game, I believe, is going to be starting at kick returner. Meikle is going to be starting at punt returner. And then uh, there's been a couple of guys in that mix on both sides. Um, Darius Shepard is a, a wide receiver. I'm not sure if he was undrafted for agent this year or last year. I honestly forget but he's a young wide receiver who's been in that like starting rotation of returners along with uh, mike hughes is another guy who dave tobe has talked about being um an underrated guy and you know if if he can't find his way onto starting uh, with the first team defense i would like to see what he got and the return game but um yeah it's so just some news to come out for the return game and some special teams things that to think about there
2: Darius Shepard was a UDFA for the Packers last year.
1: That's why I, yeah, I figured I, I couldn't remember if he was a, a first year guy or not. But, yeah, he, he is a UDFA. It's good to, you know, at least he's getting his name in there and uh, being up, you know, with the the three or four guys, that, that they're kind of rotating through the starting starting return job. So we'll probably see him a lot this preseason. Yeah. Um, and kind of speaking of preseason you know the first preseason game for the chiefs is coming up here this uh in this next week we will have another episode out before then uh with a special guest i do believe yes uh, but you know the first preseason game is coming up versus the niners i believe we're facing the niners um, i think so
2: yeah it's really tough for me i the preseason schedule comes out and i don't care because <laughs> yeah. i
1: know we're, we're facing the vikings matter. third game so i'm pretty sure it was the niners that we're facing i think it's Maybe even in Arrowhead. Um,
3: yeah, preseason's like, oh, hey, yeah, there's football today, and then you find out like, oh, that's who we're playing. Yeah, and then you just
1: you don't even. It's just like the Hall of Fame game. If anyone watched the Hall of yeah. Fame game, it was a it was a very eventful first two drives, and then I think everyone's yeah. kind of shut it down and said right. yeah, It is.
3: It's great to have football back, but uh, yeah, preseason football, it's you know, it's just like it's a good plate of nachos before the actual meal, right? You right. don't want to. You don't want to overstuff yourself or get too excited about the nachos when you got a nice steak coming. Uh, I'm making myself hungry. But...
2: And you only <laughs> usually eat the top half of the nachos and leave the rest on the plate and exactly. call it a day. And... Yeah,
3: the rest mm-hmm. on the plate are all the guys who are getting cut.
2: Yeah. So It's, will... it just, it, it's nice to have football back, but it's also yeah. a nice reminder that there's only a certain number of guys that can do this at the certain level that we'd like to watch this game played at. Exactly. We'll be looking out for a couple guys
1: in this uh this preseason. It's always fun to just get like, you know, some of those uh those training camp, you know, stars like Jody Fortson and see if they can catch a catch a few passes, but ultimately Speaking of
2: Jody Fortson. Are yeah. we gonna briefly discuss that he's getting
1: more hype as a tight end again? I don't know if Jody is gonna make this roster to be honest with you. So Welcome back
3: to Jordy Jordy Fortson's season. Jody
1: Fortson season might be ending. Um in my or opinion, not. I don't think uh, I don't think he still has a chance of making the roster. I think he, you know, he might be another practice squad guy. And they might hold on to him for another year, but I think there there's too helped. many true true tight ends in front of him that will uh, easily edge him out. So you like
2: you like the combo of Kelsey Gray and either insert Bell and um, yeah,
1: Bell Kaiser. Kaiser. You know, if they whoever. want to keep probably Bell. And if they wanted to keep Kaiser, I wouldn't be too mad about it. I know he didn't. You know, I, I know wouldn't. his limited. Uh, limited catches last year. He didn't do great, but he was really good doing good last year in training camp. He didn't have a full training camp last year to, you know, really learn everything. So, you know, it's not like he's going to be a a contributor this season that necessarily, but I wouldn't mind running the, running it back on Nick Kaiser train one more year.
3: I would, I'm, I'm done with Nick Kaiser. (laughs) Um, I will say, um, you know, we talked about this right before the, we started recording, you know, Nick Jacobs said that, um, Jody Fortson looks like a more reliable version of Demetrius Harris, which if you you know were around long enough and you remember Demetrius Harris, uh, he was actually a really good athlete and got open a lot. And, yeah, um, you know, he actually got a decent amount of targets that he typically dropped. Um, so in that sense that there's, there's kind of a compliment there. And I think Fortune does have some, a little bit more to offer in terms of being able to even, you know, you could flex him out and play him as a big slot, but, you have Noah Gray, who's a receiving guy. You have Travis Kelsey, who may or may not be the best to ever do it. And I think you need kind of a bigger body, and so that's where I go. Blake Bell makes a lot of sense to. If you're going to carry three tight ends, have a third guy who can stay in, who can play in line and block, and and help in the run game and help be um, a complementary player to those guys. Uh, Nick Kaiser's a little bit younger. They're him and uh, Bell are about the same size, but I think Bell's proven to just be more consistent at this point in his career and um you know I think if, if they carry three tight ends that you know you have pretty solid options to to discuss and it's you know um, the Chiefs are fortunate that they don't have to worry too much about production from their third tight end because they have uh one of the best to ever do it at the top of their depth chart and they have a promising young rookie right behind him so yeah very fortunate in that sense but I think Blake Bell has a more complementary skill set to the two that are, you know, guaranteed to to make the roster.
1: Quick little update here. Shortly after recording, it was announced by the Chiefs that tight end Nick Kaiser has actually been placed on the reserve-slash-retired list. Um, So reports are out that he did retire from the NFL. Um, We haven't heard too much other reasoning behind it so far, but... Uh, believe us that we are now all firmly on the
2: Jody Fortson train. Alright, so who's your guys' surprise that makes the camp, that makes the roster right now?
1: Mm. Besides some of the guys we've already talked about,
2: um, I'm not
1: sure. I think Devon Key would obviously be a good one. We talked about him.
2: I think I'm going to go at the wide receiver position, and I'm going to talk about Marcus Kemp. I think that he's got a real shot at making this roster from what he does on the special team side of things. They, what he does, what he's shown early in camp. Uh, he's the guy to keep your eye on at the receiver spot. I know they like Pringle. I know they like that kind of group. The Hardman D Rob is already shown that he's got some health stuff again. He, I think he was out today with practice with a health illness or something. Yeah. And he's had that hamstring that's bothered him on and off for the last couple of years. So I just, I know we're, we're used to having the certain kind of bodies, but if you can get younger at those spots and keep a similar level of production, I think you do that. And I think that's a spot where you might be able to get a little bit younger and, and still keep similar production levels.
3: Man, that's just a hard question. Cause there's more guys I'm going, I think it'll be kind of more of a surprise to see them not make it. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about the guys that I think are, you know, the undrafted guys, and we could. I don't want to circle back to the Titan three conversation. Um, man, some of this seems just to be really kind of obvious. I think I'll go with. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I'm scrolling through the roster now, going. Ah. Yeah, I'll go. Guys, it's tough. That's I'll why it. It. I
2: got yeah, it's yeah here. I'll so go. hard because with... it's like. You you see all what everybody's putting out, and and there's not really too many surprises. You kind of expected yeah. Bolton and and Gay to step into roles, and you expected Humphrey mm-hmm. to step into a role. Trey Smith's established he has a role, and so it's difficult to find these guys that are not so expected to make the roster that are going to when you have a roster that's built like this. That's yeah, why I'm, that question's tough.
3: Can I go um, on the opposite way? I'm I'm gonna say somebody who I I think might not make the roster. Sure. That will be a little bit of a surprise and um if you've listened to me before you know that i don't have a lot of love for this player but i'm, I'm kind of thinking that alex Ogafor's spot might be in danger um which maybe i mean i know they just recently brought him back but it sounds like josh kando has played pretty well it sounds like they, they have some depth and some flexibility and i think that that might be a position where if they've got to make a tough decision you know late you know kind of at the deadline and they're trying to fill out those spots maybe they're trying to create an extra spot for somebody like Devonkey or um you know trying to sneak somebody else in that you know into that roster i think Okafor may not make this roster i know he's dealing with, with the same hamstring injuries that he's yeah. dealt with before so i think that might be like a pressing thing for him is the hamstring um it's
1: just i think really it all comes down to what frank clark's status for the season is going to be i think they'd probably rather keep Okafor just for the veteran comfort of a pass rusher if you know in the case that Frank Clark doesn't you know play most of the season so that's one argument there I you know he could be another guy they might be an IR guy for the first couple weeks or a a PUP list guy um something like that I'm gonna go on the same side of the football actually for a guy might make the roster Darius Harris um he made the roster last season or he was at least uh you know, move between the practice squad and the roster. But I think he's another guy who, in that linebacker room, we talked about, uh, you know, Bolton and Gay stepping up. But Darius Harris has been kind of a guy who's gotten some reps with the first team and has been rotated in and out, uh, kind of similarly to Ben Neiman, who, unfortunately, I think, will still get a lot of playing time this season, Ben Neiman. Um, But Darius Harris, I think, you know, if you're looking at the backup linebackers, you have him, uh, Amari Cobb. Dorian O'Daniel's still there, uh Riley Cole, an undrafted free agent, a couple other guys, but um I think he makes the most sense to keep around on the main roster. I think they've seen a good amount of looks from him last season to to warrant him, you know, making the fifty three man this this season and you know, potentially he's a, you know, he's a big special teams guy as well. So I think he's the guy who could probably sneak in there on the in the final fifty three.
2: I like it. I think both of those are one, definitely a chance to not make it, and one that I definitely think do has does have a chance. Okafor is interesting, much like I think D-Rob's in, is thing is a similar thing. It's that lingering, recurring, we already know, but we already know what you can do. We know what you can do in the system, so you're here.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty, pretty uh, good wrap-up of on that. Uh, well, one guy I want to talk about, I saw scrolling through the, the roster list here, Bo-Pete Keys. Still in that uh, DB room, he had a clip versus Nicole Hardman, where he got him on a a comeback route, picked him off, and I believe uh, I think Chad Ochocinco might have quote tweeted it and and basically said it was a good rep or something, or I forget who who quote tweeted
2: it, but yeah, I saw it get some run. He did. Yeah. it was a good play. Uh, I don't love the route by Nicole on that one as much. Yeah, as I would, that's but
1: that's what I was kind of looking at too. I think at the lot where a couple people looked at it was the fact that Nicole needs to kind of have those routes in his bag to be a more complete wide receiver and I know it's still early in camp and everything like that, but um just an interesting
2: interesting tidbit to,
1: to keep an eye yes, on. Yes, I would have
2: much preferred he came back to that ball a little harder than he did. However, yeah. as you said, it's early in camp. We're still working on things, so um but Keys is interesting to me specifically because that's one of those Dave Tove guys. Like he's mm-hmm. gonna have to make a statement on special teams to hold his roster spot or he's not gonna be on this team.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, I think he's gotten some decent praise from Tyron from Matthew and a couple other guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, sticks around and finds a, a role this year. And one more guy that I just, since I'm just run, run, running through the uh, the roster list real quick, um, Darwin Thompson has been a guy who's been, uh, highlights, a couple of highlights of him staying after practice, putting in some work on a hill. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the COVID list, I believe, the first like week of camp, basically. He came back mm-hmm. at the end of last week. Um, I think he's a guy that's likely not making the final roster. He could be some good trade bait, but, I mean, you know, if he uh, puts in these, all this extra work that he's been putting in, he might impress the coaching staff maybe. I'm not sure.
2: Tom, what do you think? Because I, I don't think there's a chance that Ooh. they – I think he probably still makes this roster either as yeah. the pra- on the practice squad as, like, the practice squad runner back or at the very bottom of that running back room.
3: I'm going to go ahead and say that i think darwin beats out jerek mckinnon for the spot um mckinnon's had a pretty quiet camp from everything i've seen and heard um i think that there's a reason why you see some of these you know staying late after practice stuff that gets put out there a lot And, and maybe some of that is you know just a favor for for darwin if he really is maybe not going to make the roster it's always tough to to project especially with andy he can be kind of Unpredictable with running backs. Um, you know, some years are like, oh, yeah, they're going to take, you know, they're going to carry three and then they carry four or five. <laughs> um, yeah, it's always hard to predict, but.
2: Oh, we're I, good at running back.
3: Here's LaShawn
2: Le, McCoy and Le'Veon Bell later yeah. in the season. We didn't really think that that was happening.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just think that with Darwin, he's shown that he's got some juice. And I think especially with a bigger offensive line in front of him, a, more of a, um, some more power blocker guys um that's gonna open up he just needs some creases to get through um and so i i'm excited to see the you know see him in action in preseason i i know that he's had i mean as a runner he does well and and he does you know solid for a guy who's rotating in um you know he's a younger guy and i mean as much as it um you know might be just kind of playing the state but it's a young man's game at the running back position. Um, Jared McKinnon's dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of inconsistency in in his career. When he was a young man, he had some really elite athletic profiles, but yeah, not, not so much, you know, some injuries have maybe changed that. I haven't heard much about him at camp. So I think, uh, I think Darwin has a shot at being, you know, the third guy on the roster and again, maybe some special teams play factors in there, but um, you know, Darwin has worked hard and, Hopefully, um, at the end of the day, they'll they'll find the best guy for that spot. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if Darwin is the third guy on the that chart at the running back position.
1: I think it's very fair. It also wouldn't surprise me if he was cut. I would like to say so. I think I think that kind of goes both ways, but. Um... You know, just uh, hopefully he has a good rest of the camp and see what he does preseason. Um, but that'll be about it for this episode, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back later this week with a very, 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 very special guest um, coming on. And uh, we're going to talk a lot of football with him. And, uh, yeah, go sh- be sure to follow us on social media at Kingdom Says Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow all of our personal handles, and we will talk to you later this week.
3: When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait, text SCORE to 203203.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet,